0: The Six Pointer Podcast.
1: and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast, post-match reaction to Crystal Palace's 4-1 defeat away uh, at Tottenham Hotspur tonight. Uh, I'm Matthew, I am the host of the pod this evening, as always, joined by my brother Luke. How are you Luke? Yeah, not bad, thanks Matt, how are Good, okay, thank you. And, well, might as well be my brother, Kevin.
0: Hello mate, I feel as I'm your brother mate, I'm not too bad at all. Not too bad at all mate, not too bad.
1: Very good, and very
2: pleased to welcome back friend of the pod, Graham. Graham, you're a Tottenham fan. How are you doing after that? Well, I'm very, very good actually. You know, I'm sad for you guys. I really do like Palace. I think you remember from last time. But you know what? It's good for us. Uh, push it up the table. Good news. Very good. Look forward to having a chat with you about it. And I know you'll remain
1: fair, Graham, to us after that. Uh, of, course, four, yeah. um, of course. As always, uh, don't forget at Six Pointer Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. We love to hear from you. And thanks to all those who have got in touch. Um, Going to get into the game then. So, Palace made one change from my very, very bad memory. Uh, gyro Reader world came back in. I guess James McCarthy was injured, wasn't he? Because he didn't make the he did make the bench. Uh, and also, pleased to see back Wilf on the bench. Uh, again, alongside Slup. Um, those are the those are changes from the Palace side. Graham, I, I'm not going to pretend to know Tottenham's um, changes to the lineup.
2: Yeah, so the, the Tottenham fans, including myself, were a little bit disappointed with the changes we made tonight, which were bringing in Winks for Ndombele and, uh, and Doherty. We're a little bit worried about both of them because they've been a bit sketchy, but, you know, we'll get into that. Good stuff. Um, from a Palace perspective, I mean, it
1: started OK, I suppose. There's been a lot of criticism, Graham, recently of some of the performances and negativity in it. Um, I personally thought Palace contained Tottenham relatively well for the first 25 minutes and, and until the goal. Kev, how did you see it?
0: Yeah, I must admit, Matt, I, I thought we were doing OK. I mean, obviously, I think if we look at our last three performances... And how we've done, you know, to come away unbeaten in those three games, we've looked pretty good, you know, without the performances being stunning, the results have been good. So I thought we contained him very well. I mean, let's be honest, um, the goal was a, a great piece of work by Mora. His work rate tonight was outstanding. Uh, and obviously, he robs Luca um, just gets in there. And uh, we were in trouble from the minute that ball went across. So it's disappointing, if I'm honest. Um, but, you know, as I say, his work rate all the way through the game from Mora I thought, was outstanding. And I know Chris Coleman, great Chris Coleman, bless him. Brilliant on Sky. Uh, gave man of the match, I think, to Harry Kane in the end. But I could, it could have easily have gone to Mora for his, his sheer work rate um, for what he did to for Tottenham tonight. He terrorised us, in my view. It but, was a yeah, we were okay.
1: Team. It was disappointing to con- 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 concede like that, actually, from Palace perspective. Because as I said, I thought we were pretty solid to start with, and yet again we're talking about a Luca mistake, right, Luke?
3: Yeah. I, well, to be fair, I think there was there was a couple of passes that lead up to it that put unnecessary pressure on ourselves. I think it was Cote and Ward who were pinging a few short passes around, trying to create a triangle and, and probably put Luke under pressure. But from my point of view, once Luke has possession of the ball, he's got to be aware. I mean, he was completely oblivious that Moral was over his left-hand shoulder, and, and completely picks his pocket, and then it, it, it's a, a simple tap-in for for, um, for for Bale, and not after the, the great work down the down the left-hand side there. So, yeah, disappointing. Like Kev says, you know, after after a pretty solid start to concede, but to come back like we did, you know, in the in the first minute of injury time, Luka Milivojevic almost redeemed himself with a fantastic left-footed cross. I didn't know he had a left foot like that, and Tekka's... Rising above everyone, I, I, I suspect that Graham would be disappointed with the marking there for Tottenham, but uh, an outstanding leap and finish. Graham, a lot is made
1: of Bale and Kane, and obviously you know rightly he's on the back of the performance today. But Lucas Moura, I mean, we just talked about him in the build-up to the first goal for Tottenham. His work wow. rate is immense, right? Does
2: he get enough credit? Uh, Lucas is all action, right? So, and, and today, you know, I think you saw that he's 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 ten- tenacious. He he puts his foot in. Um, Tottenham fans uh, have got mixed feelings about him. Obviously, he's uh, always going to be a legend for that, that night in Amsterdam. Um, however, the, the, the sort of challenges, the problems we have with him is his, his first touch is, is usually pretty bad. Um, I think he, he relies on his pace, um, but he, he often makes mistakes where he'll take on the ball and kick it too far in front of him and lose it, or his, his final pass isn't that great. But, you know, tonight I can't fault the man. He was tenacious. He was, you know, he was all, all action and he really stood out. It was probably one of his, his better games for Spurs for a long time. Um, problem I think we have with Moore is we don't get a big enough goal return. I think he's only scored like three goals this season, something like that. Um, so for a man of his ability and talent, um, you know, I, th- I think Spurs fans would say, uh, we, we, we just want a little bit more from him. We, j- we just want a little bit more. Uh, but I think you saw tonight that he was a little bit of a difference maker in, in midfield, just playing behind Kane, um, nicking the ball quite a lot of times. And, and I guess he was a bane of Palace tonight. He, he probably stood out for you too, right?
1: Yeah. Another podcast is probably your night out with Lucas Mora in Amsterdam, Graham. We won't ask you about that one here. Luke, you mentioned, <laughs> yeah. you mentioned the Palace equaliser, which um, you know was a, was a good move from Palace. Good passing at pace. Lovely ball in from Luca, as you said, whipped in and Benteke doing what he, he does best uh, in, you know, in the air. And we don't get the ball enough to him, do we, in, that, in, those, in those areas at that sort of height?
3: Certainly not. I mean, when you've got a big man and, and that we've got almost a like-for-like replacement in, in Jean-Philippe Metete, who came on and got 20 minutes, I think you know, I know a big lad, six foot four, you need to be delivering these balls in. And that's why I was a little bit disappointed to see Andros go off. honest, because I thought Andros was actually having a good game. And, you know, perhaps he was a little bit, you know, riled up because he was obviously playing against his former club. But um, I thought he was unlucky mm. to, be, to be pulled there, if I'm honest.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, Luke, because I, I thought he was. I mean, don't get me wrong, to bring Jeff on. And it, I think one of the tonics for Palace tonight is obviously Jeff and Wilf coming on. And, and seeing Mateta on the pitch, because I thought he looked quite dangerous when he came on. But obviously, Christian's got another goal. So, you know, we not we won't get too low on that. I think we have played a Tottenham side tonight who are playing some good football recently. I watched them against West Ham the other week and it was a good game. They were unlucky not to get the win. But I thought Gareth Bale played very well in that game. I mean, he hit a ball at the, hit the crossbar at about 75 miles an hour, I think. Um, <laughs> and I thought he played very well. And I think he was very good against Burnley last week. So, I think we caught Tottenham at a bad time today. I mean, the quality of the goals in the second half. I mean, let's be honest, the first seven minutes, we hadn't really done anything wrong and we were 3 1 down, which is is crazy.
1: Before that, Kev, Roy made a really positive change at half-time, didn't he, and bringing Wilfred on. I was surprised to see him so early, given we've, we only believe he'd just come back into sort of, yeah. you know, action, if you like, in, in training. Mm. So that was a really positive move, I thought, at half-time for Palace. And having just got the goal, and obviously he probably didn't want half-time to come when it did on the back of that, you know, we thought we, were, we were hoping we are going to kick on, right? And as you say, two goals, which, I mean, the Harry Kane goal, right? Yeah. Well, well sometimes super- you just have like
0: to... Sometimes you just have to applaud, right? And at the end of the day, no goalkeeper can set himself for that. I think we said, I think Luke and I, when we exchanged texts at the time, we felt Gyro turned his back a bit. But ultimately, I think Coleman said it, if you had two goalkeepers, you wouldn't have stopped that. So, you know, sometimes you just have to applaud. And, and that's a great goal. I think what just pleased me, though, straight after that, is even at 3-1, I did. you know, I think the commentator said, and it weren't Chris Coleman, another bloke with 30, 35 minutes to go, this game's done, and I thought, well, I think you're being a bit, yeah, a bit presumptuous there, because actually, Wolf was very unlucky when one hits the post, comes mm. back. If that hits Loris and goes in, then suddenly we're back in the game. And I honestly think at three-two, they would have sweated a bit, but you know, ultimately, another good goal, and uh, you know, four-one, you know, I I think it doesn't flatter Tottenham because they scored some excellent goals, but it wasn't a four-one game. I don't think. Do you? Do you? Graham, if I may ask.
2: Uh, I thought you had a number of chances, right? I I thought you could have scored at least another one and then I'd have been really... You know, put it this way, at 3-1, I was pretty nervous because I was thinking, well, Palace will go out the other end and and, and Nick won and then I think the commentators were talking about that, you know, you've seen us earlier in the season, I think they even mentioned it and I was thinking about the commentator's curse where we were 3-0 up against West Ham and and managed to concede three late goals and I think, you know, if you had us scored... If you had a score, then it it, it really could have turned. And I think, you know, you've got players like uh, Ben Tekken and that guy you brought on, is it Matete? Matete. He's huge, huge, right? Mm. He's a huge guy, you know. And I was thinking to myself, worried because, you know, both of those guys look big and they're good in the air. And, you know, Spurs have shown in the past that, you know, our our confidence can really suffer if we can see the goal. And and that's why I was pretty worried, actually, at half-time. I was thinking, you know, this could this could really go the wrong way for Tottenham. But yeah, I mean, you know, fortunately we managed to to get goals in in sort of quick quick succession with Bale and Kane, and that sort of pushed the game beyond you. But even so, I thought Palace were really uh, were really attacking. You know, when you brought in Zaha, I was I was very worried. Right, he's such a tricky character; he can easily go past the player, and we've got. Uh, defenders like Doherty and and Sanchez who you know they have conceded penalties so it, it it was it was it was worrying for us and and until sort of Kane Kane finished off in that i think the 76th minute um i was still concerned that if a 3-2 could easily be you know all out attack for Palace, and then you could get a, a sort of three-three scoreline line, and, and that would be horrific. That would really damage our confidence, and and, and ultimately it would, would would really hinder us for the end of the season. The win puts us in a really in a much better position. Quite happy about that, but, but I think you're right, Kev. I think the the score line did did flatter us a little bit, but both teams played
3: well. It was an entertaining game to watch. It certainly was, and Kev mentioned it there. I think the quality of the the finishing was the difference there. I, I mean, what. Quite in the finishing, Palace only had one shot on target and, and scored it, obviously. But yeah. I, I, I think we, we glossed over it there. But the Tottenham's second goal, that bail header, absolute powerhouse to come through almost yeah. absolutely steamrollers, Czech coyote, doesn't he? And, and puts his puts his nut on that, and that's a great finish. Um, one, one that Christian Benteco would be proud of. Yeah, I I mean, though, having
1: uh, said that, cool. I, I, I do think that if you watch it in the build up, Patrick Vian Arnold. Just just loses interest in Bale. I think Bale wins the ball for him about, about 35 yards out. And PVH leaves him. And then he only they it's sort of an oh shit moment when he realizes he's got into the box, tries to catch him up, and by then he's gone. He's got a free header. So I do think there could have been better palace marking in the build-up to that, mm. not taking it away from the, the header itself. But I think you know, to put him under a bit more pressure, because Cayute is not the not the man picking him up at that point in time. Um, yeah, and, and a fantastic goal from, from Kane on the second one just a few minutes later which as we said kind of knocks the socks off Paris
0: I think I well, I, I think you're right um, uh, Matt in relation to the Gareth Bale goal I think Patrick does switch off a little bit but I think in fairness I think Patrick's had a better game today than I've seen for quite a while I thought he played pretty well mm. and apart I from that and, and the, the one thing I would say about Gareth Bale and I, I alluded to this a few moments ago Gareth Bale is the player which Tottenham want him to be a couple of weeks ago. He really came into form at that West Ham game. And for me, if if that had happened, say, three, four weeks ago, I don't think Gareth Bale gets on the end of that. But what he does, he, he wins it, as you say, PVA switches off, and then he busts his nuts to get there and, and, and bury that header the way he does. And there's not, you know, checks, you know, he's not a little glad. So fair play, you know, sometimes you know, it is disappointing, but sometimes let's just applaud some quality goals. And we've seen some quality team goals from Tottenham today.
1: I think you're right, Kev. PVA did have a good game, actually. And and Graham, we do criticise PVA quite a lot on this pod because he's great going forward. But for a left-back, he can't really defend. But he did that really well today. The second goal came very quick after that, or the third goal, I should say, the third Tottenham goal. Everyone talks about Harry Kane's finish, but actually, again, the build-up to it is fantastic.
2: He must win it at the halfway line and plays it out wide, and the rest is history. Right, Graham? Yeah I mean we I think they mentioned it on the uh, on the Sky Sports when we played the ball around quickly with you know that that yeah. that passing um you know we, we look much more dangerous because you know, certainly in the first half there was a lot of opportunity for us, but Palace set up and were uh, solid in defence. But as soon as we moved the ball around quickly, and I think you could see that before Kane actually whipped it in, and it, it was a fantastic goal. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, we, we were knocking it around m- with much more pace, and and it, and it and it gains results. You know, and I think you know it was just a world class finish. and I think even they were debating it weren't they, on TV about whether actually Harry Kane is world-class. And I think you'll find he is. Yeah. He's just fantastic. <laughs> I mean, everything about Kane just, just screams quality. The way he kicks the ball, you know, you'll, you'll watch him, the way he brings players into the game. This season he's been deployed in a little bit of a different way by uh, Jose. And, um, you know, I think at the start of the season, people were complaining ab- ab- about whether he should actually, you know, and I mean not Tottenham fans, about why he should be staying at Spurs, you know. But, you know, he's he's now played, I think, 24 matches, right? 16 goals, 13 assists. Uh, Jose is making him a more complete player, and I think you saw that today. But I don't know. I mean, going back to your guy, PVA, um, if I can call him that, I really like him because I like marauding fullbacks. I like players that are going to get forward and attack. And I like the way you play. You know, the, the thing that surprised me a little bit, and maybe you can help me out here, is why did Eze come off? <coughs> why, did he, why, did, why did he come off? And I, I thought if you had both Eze and Zaha on the pitch, like you did uh, earlier the season against uh, at Selhurst, you could have had a double threat. You know, what? what's yeah. the thinking there?
3: I, I think Eze's been off the boil for for a few weeks now, if I'm honest. For the last few games, he's not looked like he's well, we talked about I think we mentioned on the last pod, didn't we, Kev, that Eze's almost providing that luxury player um feeding, but without providing any of that the sort of the final product. And for, yeah. for me again today there was there was frustrating parts where he, he didn't get close enough to his man and and we 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 did wonder if how much longer um Roy would deal with that lack of defensive responsibility that Eze sort of has. Um, and maybe it was it was a step too far today, I think. And um, yeah, a, a choice, like, like Matthew says, a choice between uh, Eze or Townsend coming off. And it was interesting to see, obviously, Schlappi go on the right-hand side there. But I, I thought Schlappi was brilliant and uh, probably contributed more in, in the what half an hour is on than, than Eze did in the first half. Don't you reckon, Kev?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, in, in answer to your question, Gray, I think Luke's covered it brilliantly. I think, obviously, as a when he engages players, he's frightening. He just glides past players. But what we've not seen since he scored that wonder goal against Sheffield United, he's not... Oh, sorry, that's not true. The goal he scored against Wolves, he scored a very good goal against Wolves at home. And since then, he's almost gone within himself. And Classic example tonight for me. He didn't really have a lot of the ball tonight, but there was a chance after four minutes today where he was 25 yards out from goal, maybe 30 yards. He had the chance to go one on one against uh, your right back, or, and, he, and he didn't. He went sideways. And this is where I think we're getting a little bit frustrated. And I think, actually, do you know what? And it goes back to what Matt said. I was really impressed with Roy today that he made the switch at half time. I didn't think Wilf, I thought Wilf might get 20 minutes, half an hour. But I think when you quite rightly said, when we equalised, maybe we felt we were going to be in the ascendancy. And that's when I think it's a Mourinho masterclass. Because for seven minutes in those two goals you scored, you throttled us. We couldn't get a foothold in the game in that second half. And Mourinho knew that Palace would come out of the blocks at that point. So I think Eze went off for that reason, personally. I think he's, we need more from him. Uh, and that's why he's not. And as Luke's bang on, Schlappi comes on and he engages people. He goes at them and he commits. Um, so I'm as disappointed as I am that we've lost the game tonight. I'm not disappointed. Um, I do think, you know, head, hands up to Fulham. They've done well today. And I'm still a little bit now just looking over my shoulder. Um, I would just like to see us dispatch hopefully West Brom Saturday and then I'll feel happier. But I still think we need now possibly another three, four, maybe five points still, I personally. Matt? I, th- I think it
1: was interesting uh, the first half because Palace were clearly not set up to be as defensive as as everyone thinks they were. Because a number of times from the sidelines, you could hear Ray shouting forward, forward mm. when they went backwards. So it clearly wasn't <laughs> it clearly wasn't the game plan to sit and to sit. You know, when he got it, sit it between the back four and that sit. The game
3: plan was obviously to to go for it a, a bit more than we were, and that's where you miss James MacArthur, I think. I think. What, Gyro really well, look, he came in the last game, didn't he? And, and, and Did he play the last couple of games or become sub the the subs last couple yeah. of games? But no, last, yeah,
0: McCarthy,
3: I, I, McCarthy I, I, took his place last week, didn't he? That's right, yeah. I, I, if I'm honest, I've been a little bit, I don't know, disappointed with Gyro, but I, I think, look, Kev, me and you were talking about this before, he, he has a tendency to go backwards and sideways quite a lot. And look, he's a defensive midfielder, so that's, that's what he's going to do. But also, I think that can be frustrating because when you've got someone like James McArthur, who, who I think were missing that engine in the midfield next to someone like Luca um, to really drive the ball forward, to, to, to make the ball work. And look, there were there were times today where I was frustrated because Palace had a throw-in and, and there was hardly any movement at all. And, and, you know, if you've got Jimmy Mack there, he's running around, you know, doing yeah. his 12K to, just, just to try and win that ball there.
0: Yeah. Can I just make the point, uh, just to finish off what Graham asked, I mean, I thought Palace were mostly more creative in the second half today or more forward-minded mm. than we've mostly been in the last four four or so games. You know, it was a smash and grab at Brighton, uh, a dull draw against Fulham, but let's be honest, with the way Fulham have been playing, that's not a bad yeah. result, which sounds crazy. Uh, and obviously a well-fought point against Man United, you know, where we could have nicked it. But I think that's been the most... Um, offensive we've looked, Graham, for some time today. And I, I think that gives Palace mm. fans mostly a bit more heart than we've had because, you know, it, it, I'm tired of everyone saying on the telly, oh, be great, be careful what you wish for. Palace are getting ideas out of their station. We're not getting ideas out of station. We just want to see a little bit more intensity. Um, so I, I, I felt comfortable with that. Disappointed with this afternoon's result, this evening's result. But ultimately you know, um whether we stay up or not, and I know we're being a I'm being a bit complacent here, it's not going to be when we play against Tottenham, it's it's what we do when we play the West Brom's and we play teams in and around us. So uh Matt, what's your thoughts on that?
1: I think I think you're right, Kev, that next week is important because it does pretty much put it to bed. I think it's still mathematically possible, isn't it, if, if we don't yes. if we win next week, we still could go down. But I think it pretty much makes it, you know, there and thereabouts. And I think that would be good because if there are performances like there are tonight, or there were tonight rather, then for the rest of the season. And that will give people some hope going into what we've said before, it's gonna be a very difficult summer with so many players, uh, contracts running down and the manager situation is still uncertain. Um, yeah. and, and where we might go with that. So I think I think yeah, that, that would be would be good. And I was I, I similarly was, as you said, Kev was pleased tonight. It doesn't feel like a 4-1 defeat. Yes, they scored four mm-hmm. goals, but two goals coming so quickly for me kind of killed the game. And it would it would have been nice from a neutral perspective. Uh, not obviously from a Tottenham perspective, Graham, but from a Palace and interest perspective just to see the second half pan out a bit, little bit more to see if Palace would have actually got into it and made more of a game of it because we never really got to see that. Having said that, I think we were 3-1 down. I still <laughs> felt we went for it. And, and, and yeah, part of me was thinking, part of me was thinking, was that the tactic to come out second half and go for it, and the two goals just this came. Or was it the two goals going in, which meant that we then sort of released a bit? It would have been, it's, a, it's an interesting one to kind of understand and see what might have happened either way. But look, you know, we say onwards and upwards from a Tottenham perspective. Graham, this was a, a really big win for you from where it yeah. takes you into a London derby. We've got we've got an important game on the weekend West Fulham, but obviously you've got the the London derby to come, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, we've got the big game against the uh, the people down the road from South London. And um, you know, <laughs> I was definitely pleased that we've moved quite a few points clear of them. I'm. I'm always worried about the uh, North London Derby because you you're in a position where there's there's historically been a lot of goals. Arsenal are a very dangerous team and we need to push on. We really need to get into that top four uh, a few weeks ago, everyone was writing us off, but now we're right back in the mix. And um, yeah, let, let's just hope we can uh, we can beat the arse because you know we need to get out there. They'll be going for an extra special hard because they want to deny us the uh, the opportunity of European football. But you know, it's, it's a big result for us tonight. You know, it, it sort of catapults us right up there. You know, not not far behind Chelsea, and, and unfortunately, we've gone above our other West London, uh, I should say, East London rivals, which is West Ham. Um, a few weeks ago, they were cock a hoop because they'd. Uh, They'd beaten us and they'd moved above, above us quite quite far in the table. We some good results uh, recently for Spurs and yeah, let's hope we can push on against Arsenal. And you know, if I come back to you guys, right, because you know th- this is a Palace pod. You know, I think you're what eight points clear of relegation. I don't think you need to, I don't think you need to worry about going down. You know, you've got far too much quality. Um, you know, I, I think they even said that this is one of the best seasons you guys have, have had under Roy, or actually for since you've been in the Premier League. And you're, you're right, Kev, you know, the game against West Brom is going to be where you're going to cut the mustard. And I think, you know, you go into that, you know, after t- tonight's game, I think you should go into that with some confidence. There's still 10 games to go, 30 points to play for. And I'm pretty confident, and I think you should be confident that, that Palace will stay up and, and you'll be comfortably mid-table. I, I don't think you need to worry about that. You've got a lot of quality yeah. players. You you ping the ball around well. I think you showed tonight against Tottenham, you know, let, let, let's be clear, you know, I don't want to do Palestine at all. But, you know, if you look at the the differences between the, the teams, you know, the, the, the squad value, the, the sort of quality that we've got on the pitch, you know, you know you'd expect Tottenham to be winning that game. I, I, I don't want to disrespect you at all. Um, And I think the games you've got coming up, you know, there's some tough ones in there. I'm looking down the list here. I think you've got Leicester, City, you've got United, but there's some winnable games there against uh, people like West Brom, uh, Southampton. I think, you know, even Chelsea, you know, you, you traditionally have had some good results against them, I think, you know, so... You know, I think there's a lot to be cheerful about to be a Palace fan and, uh, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't be down about tonight's game. I thought you gave really good account of yourselves and you've got a lot of talent in the team and you've got a lot of desire, you've got a lot of ambition and I think Roy's a good good manager and he's a good fit for you. So please don't be worried about relegation or anything like that. I think you'll be comfortably mid-table and I think you'll push on from there and hopefully you'll have your best season in the league. Yeah, see Luke, what, 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 do you, what do you think, mate? I mean,
0: who, who do you think is going to be the, the premier team in London come the end of the season? Is it going to be West Ham? Is it going to be Tottenham? Or is it going to be Chelsea? Who, who do you think is going to get that possible... Uh, I'm going to say that full spot. Um, it may well be that any of you could go higher than that. I appreciate. But um, I'm going to put you on the spot, Luke. If you had to pick the Hammers, Spurs
2: or um, can I, can I just sneak Can I just sneak in? Kev, don't spit, don't spit in my mouth and say West Ham will finish top club in London. That 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 isn't going to happen, right? It's, it's, well, it's mate, either going on. to be out of Tottenham and Chelsea. Let us not bring those people into the equation. Oh come
0: on, wait, come on, mate. You're you're a very fair man, Graham. You know it's all up for. Grabs. There's thirty points or so up for grabs. A lot can happen between now and then. Let's be honest. Yeah. They're having a great season as well. Let, let we, you know, I, they are having a good season. So They're, let's yeah. see what it looks like. Go on then, Luke. What, what do you reckon? Where's your money on?
3: Chelsea. Yeah. So, Chelsea. Sorry, Graham. It's, yeah, it's going to be Chelsea. But I, I'm, I'm more interested in the relegation battle because for me, it's a three-horse race now. Fulham have done exceptionally well to get themselves back into that. And it's it's Fulham, Brighton and Newcastle uh, for a three-way shootout now. And that will be certainly entertaining, especially given Newcastle's draw today and Fulham's win. It's it's opened it right up. So uh, uh, apologies, Graham, but I'm, I'm more interested in the bottom of the table. I, although I think Palace will be... Um, well, we are safe. I think we are safe, or uh, albeit not mathematically. I think. I mean, if you're going to go mathematically, I don't think even uh, you know Leicester and Man United are safe really. Thirty <laughs> points up for grabs, but uh, right. I, I think there's that gap, isn't there? I think Burnley on thirty points and, and everyone above that will be fine. I think it's 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 below that will be the shootout. Yeah. Matt,
0: what do you think, mate?
1: I don't care because Palace aren't involved in in either end for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm with I'm with Graham. It's mid table mediocrity, which is what Palace fans have uh, have wanted and yearned for for many years. Uh, and as they've said on the commentary a number of times tonight, and as we talked on this podcast before, be careful what you wish for, Graham. We talk a lot about the managerial situation on this pod and the fact that always contracts mm. up at the end of the year. Um, there seems to be a growing mass of support for his departure in the summer, and we've mm. we talked about hoping Palace have a plan. If that is the case, that Palace have a plan for. For that um, interested in your views as an outsider on Roy but also what Palace might do with the managerial position um, who might they go for do you think we, str- we struggle to think yeah. of people
2: in this pod well I've got a good name for you you might not like it but it's Eddie Howe right I think he's out of work at the moment I, I look, you know I mean he, he, he's shown what he can do you know he, he got Bournemouth up from you know the you know, far lower down the leagues and he's brought 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 them up to the Premier League and yeah, okay they got relegated, but you know, he's available, you know, either that or you know, I think, you know, somebody like Massimo Allegri if you want to go top end. You know, <laughs> you know the What Joe's Graham? Well, I don't know. I mean he have a job at the, end of the season? No, he won't, unfortunately. I mean a lot of Tottenham fans uh, were Jose out? Um, I'm not going to say where I was. I was kind of bordering on it. Actually, I probably was Jose out. I was really disappointed with the way uh, we slumped. You know, we, we had a, a you know a period of games where we just couldn't win for love nor money. And I was thinking, you know, the football's you know not great. But you know, last three games we really turned it around. You know, three games, four goals. It's been much better for us. You know, but I, I, I don't think you'll get Jose, Luke, but. I mean, me personally. I think he was taking the nick there, I, mate. I think he was no, taking the pick,
0: Graham. I don't think quite, he honestly think he was going to get Jose.
2: <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, you know, the thing is, if you look at someone like Roy, I, as I said, I think he's been good for you, you know. Um, I mean, did you mention it before? Be careful what you wish for. Look look what's happened to Arsenal. I mean, they're going to be a mid-table team. I, I'm, I'm sort of quietly confident that you'll finish above them. Right, because their manager's not great. So, you know, they're only four points above you. Um, I don't know. I mean, who are you thinking that could be a candidate for, for, for Roy's job coming the end of the season? What, what are the names you've got? I mean, I noticed that maybe people are not happy with Eddie Howe, but, you know, who's, who's in the mixer?
1: So for the benefit of listeners, because uh, we're all on a Zoom call video, we all kind of laughed hysterically on mute when Graham said Eddie Howe. He's the one obvious one that everyone always talks about when it comes to the Palace job. We had a... Um, I was going to call it an altercation. It's not an altercation, is it? We had an experience of Eddie Howe before, where he was kind of expected to take the Palace job and turned it down uh, many years ago, and ended up going to Burnley, didn't he, instead, uh, which we know wasn't a successful stint. So I think there's a lot of kind of Palace fans who were kind of how he's name tainted with that experience. Um, mm. We struggle to think, Graham, of, of appropriate successes given given Palace, its roots in South London, sort of recognising who we are, where we come from, what we stand for uh mm-hmm. versus something else and, and i think palace have done well when their managers have recognised what we've what we've got and um, what we could, what we therefore got to build on. And um, Roy's done that very very well. I think a lot of people cr- criticise Roy for not bringing through as many of the youth players it um, could have done. Despite Aaron Wan Bissaka coming through and being sold for fifty million pounds to Man United, mm. there aren't too many other good examples um, under under Roy's stewardship where we had that. And, and Pal- people see Palace's future as you know the youth, as I'm sure many football clubs do. But you know with the history and the number of players that Palace have produced. Gone on to have very good careers, so we always struggle. I mean, my my, my half in joke, my half serious response to it, and these guys will laugh again, but is Dougie coming back? Um, and I was asked today again by a friend, and I say it, I still say it, remain true. It's, it's a valid option, I do think. Um, I, I don't see too many other options, but I'm going to pass on to Kevin because his reaction is fantastic right now to me.
0: Oh, Matt, come on. Listen, I'm only teasing. You know what I think of, Dougie. I'll be honest with you, Graham. My, I've, I've said the same few names for a little while. So I I, I think Frank Lampard's a possibility. People will mm. laugh, but, you know, uh, I won't bore you with why I think Frank Lampard might be a possibility. Uh, if he hadn't won the title today, which was a foregone conclusion, Steven Gerrard, I'd love to see him come in. Because if you, if you want a club, you know, if you could bring down, but obviously he's now waiting possibly... God, as as much as, you know, they're having a tough time up at Liverpool at the moment, so I don't really know what's going on behind the scenes there, but I'm sure he will go to Liverpool at some point. He's done his apprenticeship up there. So, uh, or the other one I still think, which is one we've talked about a lot, I still think they might try and get someone like Sean Dyche down.
3: Sean Dyche. What about uh, Neil Lennon? Has he just left Celtic? Well, yeah, a couple of months ago, didn't he? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think that's. I, you know, I think there's legs in this Jose thing. You know, I really do. Yeah. If if Tottenham don't qualify for Europe, I, jo- I think Jose's out of the job, and we know how much he loves the Palace. So, uh, we're having. We're happy. We, we'll certainly have some more money if we get Sacco and Benteco and others off the wage wheel. So, uh, you know, Jose.
0: Legs in- Jose's not coming to Palace. Look, we are not. If we
3: if we don't he if, does. if we
2: don't if, if we don't win the Europa League or the uh, you know the the uh, the. Bang Energy Cup against City, which is <laughs> unlikely. Uh, if we don't win that or that or, um, or finish in the top four, then um, what I can say is you're welcome to Jose. He does love it's, the I, Palace. I'll, I'll, drive, I'll drive him down. He does love the Palace, doesn't he?
0: He does, does the love the Palace. So, so, so hold on. So from, you've got a cup final. You're still going in the Europa League and you've got a chance to finish, let's be honest, realistically between fourth and sixth. And that won't be good enough.
2: So we've got uh, Spurs fans, unfortunately, have got expectations way above their station. Kev, you know me included. Um, you know we, you know we, we've been Definitely. promised this dream of, of of being a top four team. I think Pochettino delivered that, you know, for, for years. And 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 you know, unfortunately for us. Um, José does split the fan base. He really does. Yeah. You know the connect the connections with um, with Chelsea and the style of football. You know, it's it, it might surprise you a little bit, but our fan base is really split. And you know, when yeah. we're winning, it's okay. Um, but but when we're losing, the style of football, uh, especially early in the season, was was pretty hard to watch. And you know, so. I, I don't know if Spurs fans find it really hard to fall in love with, with with Jose. We we definitely want him to do well, and and the challenge we've got is even when he does well, if we win something, it will be Jose has won it, not Tottenham have won it. So we'll be sort of facing that narrative around, you know, his ego versus you know whether, whether he's part of our, our club. And I think Spurs fans have got an easy and. I, and uneasy, let me say that an uneasy relationship with Jose Mourinho. Um, naturally, we want him to do well, but it, it's not a great fit. I'll be honest with you. And uh, certainly, if we d- if we don't finish in the European spots and we don't we don't do well, I mean, we're not paying him fifteen million pound a season to finish sixth, right? So can I can we're I ask to win, you then? Stuff.
0: Can I ask you then, Graham? Sorry, mate, to cut across. No who would you wa- Who would you want to come in then? Who would you really like at Spurs? Because I must admit, I didn't realise. He was fit. Uh, sorry, splitting the fan base as much as you're saying. I must admit, I watched the uh, the Tottenham documentaries, uh, which were on Amazon, and, and thoroughly enjoyed watching them. I didn't realise he was possibly splitting the fan base as much as you are. Um, so, who would yeah. you like to see come in if you could?
2: Yeah, I th- well, I think that's in the same way. I was unaware of the um, the fact that Palace fans wanted the uh, boy out, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know that at all. I mean, I, I I, thought you guys loved him. And certainly after you got that yeah, well, well-deserved, well-deserved draw against us early in the season and probably should have gone on to win that game, we were talking about Roy in glowing terms, right? So I, I didn't know that. But, you know, it, it, if you don't know Spurs, you know, you guys are past fans, you know, I wouldn't expect you to. You'd realise that there was quite a big uh, Jose out, Al- sort of movement. You, you can probably find that on Twitter if you can have a look for it. And we are divided as a club and it's not a good place to be, especially after we had Pochettino, a man who, who loved the club and the fans loved him. So who, who would I want if, uh, if, if Jose was actually to leave? And, and let, let me be clear, I don't think he will because his sort of severance package would be, you know, incredibly exorbitant. And Daniel Levy is a businessman and he's unlikely to go and, and, and pay that severance package to Jose. Um, but who would I want? Um, it's a tough one. You know, I think Allegri uh, m- might be an option. I've also thought, and, um, you know, I might get laughed out of town here, but someone like Rafa Benitez might be a, a, a different fit for, for, for Tottenham. You know, I think he did, did, did much better than people would have expected yeah. at, at Newcastle. Um, those are certainly two, two names that are out there. I think a lot of Spurs fans would, would would really like Pochettino to do well at PSG and then come back. I think some of these... Are
0: you seeing what these boys are putting on
2: the... Gary Mabber.
0: They're being bang out of order to you, Graham. Listen, Gary Mabbott is a legend at Spurs, mate. He could walk on water. Give it to Ledley yeah, King if he's, you're going to be cheeky, but they're being really cheeky. Graham, don't even bother responding to the Tyrrell brothers, right? Because they're being, they're just being cheeky now. They're really being. Yeah, cheeky. Yeah, no, it wouldn't,
2: it wouldn't, it wouldn't be Gary Mavitt. Certainly, he doesn't have managerial experience. Le- Leslie, Ledley King is t- certainly too junior as well for taking the reins at Tottenham. But yeah, I mean, it would be difficult. I mean, we, I think what ultimately we're going to be we're going to be entwined with Jose for at least another couple of seasons, regardless of what happens. And, and hopefully, you know, and I I wish the man the best, you know, I want my club to do well. So, uh, you know, uh, let's give him another, another season, see where we get to.
0: So I'm going to ask another question. I'm gonna they're just being, just ignore them. They, I don't know how much they've had to drink. They're being really cheeky. So um, Graham. Hey, well, is it your brother then? Oh, it's your brother, is it? Okay. Um, (laughs) So 20 years of Daniel Levy, okay. which I didn't realise he'd been there 20 years. I know he's been there a long time. If you look at your unbelievable stadium and some of what you've had over the last few years, has he been a major success for you guys, would you say? Um, Or would you, have you still, with respect, under-delivered for what you'd have expected for the investment that's been made?
2: Yeah, it depends on the way you look at it, Kev. I mean, from the outside, um, if you're a fan of another big, big club, I'm not saying the Palace aren't a big club. Um, we're not, mate. We're not big. You know that. We're
0: we're big in South London. You're, but you're we're big not, in South.
2: You're the pride of South London. You know that, that song. That song reverberates in my head. You know, and I, I, I have to say I love it. I love it. The pride of South London. Uh, South London's number one. Ooh. And we are.
1: We are. You certainly
2: are. You certainly are. You certainly are. You certainly are. Um, um, so, so how has Daniel Levy done? Well, obviously, and I have um, friends as Arsenal fans. I have to admit that. And actually, I don't have any friends that. Chelsea fans because I don't think there are many Chelsea fans I, I don't really come across Chelsea fans um I don't know if you do do you, do you actually know a Chelsea fan surprise me
0: my daughter does she plays for them but uh that doesn't count I suppose
2: yeah I guess maybe your daughter that that's one yeah no I don't, I don't know any. <laughs> I thought I thought Chelsea fans were just tourists really and and some people who live over be careful
0: airport. be careful Gray we have lots of different fans from different clubs darling. Let, don't yeah. don't kill our fan base, please.
2: But but, but, no, Chelsea, but no Chelsea fans, I'm pretty sure, because there aren't many. Uh, they're like Man City fans, you know. They're very localised and uh, they exist maybe outside of the UK on the internet on bot bot networks and things like that. Um, yeah. should, should we just say that these are the views of Graham Cole, not the Six Point Podcast? There we go. Yeah,
0: thank you. Yeah, <laughs> these are
2: the views of us. These are the views of a Spurs fan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Daniel Levy, let's go back to him. So has he succeeded? Well, he certainly hasn't delivered silverware. Right, he, he hasn't. Since he joined in 2001, you know, we're looking at League Cup under Wendy Ramos. That's pretty much it. Um, we have delivered financially. So we have moved from being a club that was kind of sort of upper mid table into the, the real upper echelons of the uh, Football Finance League. If you look in the sort of Deloitte um Uh, Deloitte do some report each season on uh, clubs and their finances. And each year, and this is probably Daniel Levy's crowning achievement, we have steadily moved up with Champions League football. He made an inspired appointment with uh, Maurizio Pochettino. Uh, I think you all know that Pochettino worked absolute miracles with very little. And um, that moved the club up. And Daniel Levy is a businessman. He's a businessman who is a Spurs fan, and that's a good thing for us. Um, but a lot of Spurs fans will say things like uh, to, "to dare is too dear," right? So he, he hasn't put the, um, the money down when we've really needed it, and that you know a lot of Spurs fans are unhappy with that. You know, if you look back, they'll say there were opportunities where we really could have pushed on, and we could have moved up. Uh, with a couple of signings and actually instead of signing the top quality players, we signed other players and they haven't been the best for us. And so our expectations are sky high. The, The good news for us as a club under Daniel Levy is we've built a wonderful stadium. That stadium should be a cash cow for us when COVID's over. And, You know, that was the master plan. And, you know, I can't fault the bloke on that. You know, he's built us an excellent training ground, you know, which helps lure players. You know, if they're looking at how they're going to develop, they can go there and and, and see the coaching staff and the quality of the facilities. We've got a world-class stadium, probably, you know, arguably the best stadium in the world. And the plan that Daniel set out was that that would generate us the revenue from... Premier League and other events to help us, uh, to help catapult us into the upper echelons. And that would give us the purchasing power. So that's basically what Leave is all about. It's about making money. The question for our club is whether we can really spend that money and buy the right players to get us up there.
0: Great. I'm glad I asked. Matt, over to you.
2: Great stuff. Graham, we haven't got to play again this
1: season, unfortunately, so we don't get to welcome you back on the pod. But from all three of us, thank you very much for joining us and also for being so humble on the back of walloping us 4-1. Yes. Um, we, uh, fun,
2: we've,
1: we've had, we've had guests before. I'm not sure anyone's good. put four goals past us. So thank you for, for being kind <laughs> of respect uh, and for sharing your views and for being warm on Palace as well. Uh, Luke mm. and Kev, thanks as always, chaps. Next to us, West Brom, let's hope it's uh, a 4-1 Palace win. Or at least something more like that. uh, And we get closer to to putting to bed any any relegation fears and moving onwards and upwards for mid-table mediocrity. Um, As always, Six Pointer Podcast uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Thanks everyone who keeps getting in touch. Uh, Please do do keep the message coming in. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, And until next week, keep it safe and up the palace. Up the
2: palace. Up the palace. Up the palace. The
0: The six pointer podcast.